Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and today I'm talking to Amber Pierce. Um, if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you'll know Amber's been a guest on us more than once. She set up the Click Through Thursday stuff um, initiative to get more more fantastic women's cycling coverage. She's done all sorts of interesting things. She rides for Optum, presented by Kelly Benefit Strategy. And right now, she's here to talk about her brand new mentoring project, The Network for Advancing Athletes. Hello, Amber. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> I'm really, really excited about your project. Um, but for anyone who hasn't like been following it uh, obsessively like me, can you <laughs> tell them what it is and what it's about? Yeah, so Network for Advancing Athletes is, uh, our primary focus is to provide an e-mentoring platform. And what that is to say is to, it's an online mentoring platform uh, where aspiring athletes of any age and any level of experience can get access to uh, amazing, amazing role models and mentors in their respective sports. So I grew up as a swimmer and I'm now a professional cyclist and one of the things that's really struck me about my participation in both of these sports and of course through these sports I've met athletes in other sports as well is that these sports are amazingly rich with the most astonishing role models. I mean mm. these women are poised, they're confident, they're educated, they're well-spoken, they're kind, they're humble and they are the most amazingly accomplished athletes that you can imagine. And I just think it's a real shame that a lot of young women and, and even grown women out there don't know that these amazing role models exist. And the thing that I think is most remarkable is that most of these amazing athletes and role models would take all the time in the world for any girl, any woman who came up to them at a race and wanted to talk to them about sport, wanted to get advice. Um, and knowing how willing these women are to give back and to, to talk to up-and-coming and aspiring athletes it just makes sense to put it all together in a place where anyone can have access to it because if you don't have a professional female cyclist in your hometown that you can go out and have a coffee with at least you can get onto our website and ask a question and have it responded um, and get responses from really elite professional and Olympic level athletes who've, who've been down this path and can share some of their wisdom and experiences. Yeah, because I mean, I can't, I mean, in Britain, obviously, we have the British cycling pathway and say somewhere like the Netherlands or Italy, where they've got a very strong network of clubs. And, you know, if you're a young girl who wants to get to cycling, they're small geographic areas, you, you know, you join a club, they'll put you in touch with people, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? That, that, right. that's, that, that's easy. But as, for a country as huge as the USA, because I know you're USA and internationally based, um, you know, inter um, online, the, the virtual world. But, you right. know, if you rock up at a race, I, I've seen junior world champions getting really, really like just, 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 just awestruck at being in the presence of, you know, the best riders in the world. Exactly. And that's, it's, you know, if an, a young athlete were to come up to, you know, a Dotsie Bausch or an Ina Tutenberg and ask a question, they would have all the time in the world for that athlete, but that athlete doesn't know it. And it's extremely yeah. intimidating to just walk up to somebody if you don't have an introduction and just introduce yourself. And, you know, there are those rare cases where, where women and girls are willing to do that. But what we're trying to do is create, you know, it's basically an icebreaker, right? Because Yeah, yeah, yeah. The women that are mentors on the site are there because they want to give back, and so the athletes know that they don't. You know, there's no, there's no. There, we take away that obstacle of intimidation. I hope that's one of the goals. Yeah, well, I think it's very easy. I mean, the, the things I really loved, and I think the thing that got a lot of traction I saw was the question about depression. Yes. Where you had someone writing in a college age cyclist, I guess, saying that she was depressed and and it worried her, and how could she do it? And who did you have? You had Dotsie Bosch, who's Dotsie's a Olympic medal is was she silver medalist in silver, the Olympics? Silver medalist, yeah. In the team pursuit on the track. And mm -hmm. then you had Ina Yoko Teutenberg <laughs> <laughs> who's won everything. And then in the comments you had Hanka Kupfenagel who's you know, Hanka Kupfenagel commenting as a commenter, you know? Yeah. Hanka, if people don't know, is Marian before there was Mariana Voss, there was Hanka. Hanka's like a multiple uh, world champion across disciplines and also fought incredibly hard to get Wrote to get pride to, to to allow women to be allowed to race cyclocross, basically. Exactly, and I mean, we also how cool had is that? Yes, I, I was when I saw Honka's comment, I was really really moved because not only do we have these amazing mentors on the site, but it's it's extremely 
gratifying and moving to know that um, athletes of the quality of Honka are reading the website and, and are again, it's a dem demonstrative of the fact that these amazing athletes are willing to take the time to reach out and help and support one another. And it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the other thing about doing it a race is, you know, I mean, I've been to races where you don't want to ask a rider before, you know, before the race she's preparing after a race, either she's gutted because something's gone horribly wrong and she hasn't won or she's won and she's in a like whirl of media. Right. <laughs> and it's like, that's not a good time either. And I think also being able to ask a question without, you know, you admire, as a young athlete, you admire and respect and want to be these riders, and you don't. The last thing you ever want to do is cause them a minute of, you know, of of distraction. I guess so. To be able to ask an email question also means people can reply in their own time, and that's lovely. So, can you tell us a little bit about? So you cover basically the triathlon disciplines, right? The swimming, cycling, running. Yeah. So when we started, um, part of, part of building up the momentum and of course applying for nonprofit status, we had to demonstrate specific focus. So we started, we decided to start out with a focus in swimming, running, cycling, and triathlon. Um, but one of the interesting pieces of feedback that we've been getting consistently, which really makes a lot of sense, is that frankly, the challenges that athletes face, regardless of sport, tend to be pretty universal. Yeah. Uh, so we have actually had a lot of the mentors come forward and even women from other sports who want to be involved as mentors. I mean, we're talking Olympic level athletes. Um, I, I, have, I got, I was contacted by a woman who's a professional archer and she's multiple world cup medalist and world cup winner and silver medalist at the world championships. And she wants to be a part of it. Wow. And I just, you know, so one of the things that we're very seriously considering doing in the short term is lifting that focus. And yeah, sure. one of the things we do encourage on the, the Q&A website is that we do say specifically, you know, even if you're not participating, participating in these specific sports, feel free to ask a question because a lot of these challenges are uh, common to all sports. So I think that that will end up being the direction that we go where we just, you know, if you're a female athlete and, and you participate in the sport, please be a part of it because, um, again, it's about, it's just about demonstrating the human side of sport. And yeah. I think a lot of people have this impression that these Olympians and really highly accomplished and decorated athletes, um, they're, that they're just perfect, you know, yeah. that they, that they do all of their training, you know, they don't get sick, their nutrition is perfect. And the fact is that that's not the case for anyone. And everybody struggles with very, very human emotions, very, very human weaknesses, if you will. Um, and to know that you're not alone in that, I think, is probably one of the most powerful aspects of what we can provide. Yeah. And then you add to that, you know, concrete advice and support. But honestly, just knowing, especially, for example, with the depression piece, I had a lot of people write in and thank us for putting that up because just knowing that they weren't the only ones and just knowing that these high level Olympians actually face the same thing, you know, was, was incredibly powerful. And, and that alone is, um, really, really gratifying for me to know. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Mariana Voss effect before where, you know, where Voss in her autobiography, which is still only available in Dutch, but got translated a bit was, you know, she was talking about how she became anorexic in the run up to the Olympics and not, not because she, not because it was a, uh, you know, not not through a kind of mental health anorexia, but just because she was upping her training, upping her training, and not upping her calories, right. and and how she nearly f fucked it all up, you know. And you're like, this is 2012, where you, and of course it's, you know, and 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 she had that that crash where she broke a bone, which is very unusual for Boss, and she lost flesh malon because she lost power, and how she realised that what she was doing to herself wasn't healthy, and she needed to relax. And so for her to come out and say things like, well, I needed to put on weight to win the Olympics. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, and this is the thing. I mean, I will always admire Ina. And, and I, I know I'm fangirl about Ina a lot, but I will always admire Ina because for someone like her who's quintessentially strong and tough yeah. and iron and, you know, what, what do you think you're doing? You know, kind of like, it's, you know, for her She's to say... <laughs> yeah, Yeah, for Ina to say that I struggled, well, well okay, that's fine. Everyone's allowed to. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And, and, and that's exactly what we want these athletes to understand because it can't, I mean, the sports that we're focusing on, you know, at least initially, 
Um, even if you're on a swim team where it's a team environment, most of these, most of these athletes train alone or solo. And maybe as a cyclist, you come together with your cycling team for races. But, um, for any athlete, regardless of whether it's an individual or team sport, the toughest part of it is, is that path that you tread alone. And you yeah. alone know what's going on in your own head. You alone know the personal battles that you're facing. And even if you're in a team environment, your teammates may not have any idea what's going on. And if you are too scared to open up about your internal struggles and what's going on with you uh, because you're worried about appearing weak or, you know, whatever that, you know, Weak is maybe not the right word, but for lack no, of no, no, I think it's worrying about being seen to be weak, isn't it? Yes. And also making yourself vulnerable because if you say to your team manager, "Oh, hey, look, I've been doing quite badly, and you know, my 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 knee hurts or my shoulder hurts, and and I'm not sure I can do it," then they go, "Right, okay, you're out." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, who can you talk to? This is the thing that like amazes me about this is like there are some fantastic teams who have all the best all the best intentions of riders at heart but you know essentially teams are businesses mm -hmm. they're not there to kind of you know it's very 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 rare to get the kind of christy scrimgeour right yeah you're having mental health issues what can we do to help you you right. know right and that's that's part of what we want to do is we want to we want to empower these athletes to understand that, you know, first of all, what they're going through is normal and, and very, very common. And then also, I think that by giving people good information, um, we can equip them to better assert themselves yeah, when yeah, necessary. Yeah. Or, for example, with the depression post, you know, every single, we had three different Olympians. It was Dotsi Bausch, Ina Tutenberg, and then also Misty Hyman, who won gold at, um, in the Olympics for the tuner butterfly. Wow. You know, these are these are incredibly accomplished women, and you know all three of them are saying they've suffered, yeah. and their recommendation is to get help. And you know again that that is another big stigma, especially in sport, where you have these athletes who are trying to cultivate characteristics that would lead you to believe that they would be impervious to such a thing as depression. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're I'm positive. Not... They're motivated. They're dedicated. They they persevere. All these things, and, and then you think, you know, it would be impossible for an athlete at that level to struggle with depression because they have all these amazing characteristics. And I think, you know, a lot, letting people realize that they are still human, they do struggle with these things, and that getting help is actually not only okay, but the best possible course of action. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, and, and it's not even, I mean, you know, you know I love Clara Hughes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, fantastic. I mean, I don't know what it is about the Canadians, but you've got Clara Hughes and then obviously Gillian Carlton saying mm -hmm. the same thing. Basically, I had to give up road because I wasn't healthy. I was doing really dangerous things and damaging things, and I was still doing well. Right. I think that's the other thing that's kind of surprising is that people assume that because you are, um, you know, you're, you're doing, you know, do you know what I mean? You're doing well. There can't be anything wrong. Exactly. And exactly. so to have Ina say that actually at some of my times when I was doing best, I was at my worst. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just about depression. I think that's the other thing is I've been thinking a lot this week about um, Evie Stevens' blog that she wrote in 2012 on Dutch anxiety. Yeah. You know, she talks about, oh, my God, I'd go to these races and there'd be 999 six-foot-tall women with sharpened elbows up ahead of me and I'd be battling for place, nine, you know, place 1,000. And, you know, I, I, I thought I was useless for my team and it was awful. But I've got over it. And this week I won it. You know what I mean? Like two years later, she's won it. And I think that's also kind of like to know that to know that you'll start, you know, to know that you don't, I mean, some people like Voss are like born of the firmament, they, they, they rock up on their first year and they win everything. But, you know, there's only one Mariana Voss. Right. And I think oftentimes there's a huge disconnect between the reality and the perception. And what ends up happening is you have these athletes that are just, you know, really battling it out and cutting their teeth and paying their dues. And maybe the, the results haven't come yet, but they've been putting in the work, putting in the work, putting in the work. And then suddenly they have a breakout season. Well, the yeah. whole time they've been putting in that work, everyone's ignoring them because they're not some phenom. And then they have a breakout season and have amazing results, and suddenly the media is all over it. So the perception in yeah. the public yeah. eye is that this person just appeared out of nowhere and had this amazing performance. And then the perception for aspiring athletes is, oh, you know, if if you don't suddenly have this like Cinderella story of overnight you become this incredible world class athlete, then you don't have what it takes or you're worthless or you shouldn't even bother. And that's not the reality. Unfortunately, yeah. there's a huge disconnect there. And I think um, it's good to send the message that, you know what, this is really hard. 
This is hard and it's not meant to be easy and frankly it's not actually easy for anyone even the people at the top of the sport. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a long time. Yeah, but you know <laughs> and that's okay. You know, that's part of the process and that's part of what makes it fulfilling and that's part of what helps you learn more about yourself as a human being. Yeah. No, I don't know about other sports, but I think part of the problem as well is for the juniors. I mean, when Pauline Fran-Prevot won Flesheville on this year, um, she's what, she's 21? This is maybe her third season as a, as a pro, or maybe mm-hmm. her fourth. And she, people, when she won her first Mountain Bike World Cup, she'd won Flesheville on, but Mountain Bike commenters, because she's come out of nowhere. Right. And like she's a two times junior mountain bike world champion yeah. and she was a world champ junior champion in ITT and she was a junior world champion on the road it took pauline what 3 years through mm-hmm. two and a half seasons something like that to be able to be winning yeah and that's because it's so the, the jump from junior you know the jump from juniors to suddenly you're racing Mariana Voss and Ina Teutenberg and Kirsten Beald and Evelyn Stevens. Oh, exactly. And even even her path is short compared to what some other people have, have you know, gone through to get to that level. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just think, you know, it's really important for those aspiring athletes who come up to understand, you know, that it's not going to be a cakewalk, but that doesn't mean that it isn't worthwhile. It doesn't mean that you can't find deep joy in what you're doing and yeah, that you yeah, yeah. Incredibly fulfilling experience. Yeah, um, M- Martina Brass, who's one of my favourite people, she's she's well known for. She retired last year. She's just about to have a baby, actually. She's well known for like helping riders from places like Australia and Britain and America break into European cycling. You know, here's somewhere you can stay. Here's a team we can hook you up with. Let me introduce you to my friends. And she was saying that she was working with Bowles team before they were, when she was just, when they were a very, very small team and she was the only star. And she was saying that they're going to the World Cups and she was the only rider from the World Cups who'd finish. And she's saying these young riders were like, oh my God, we're failures, we're failures. And she's like, look, less than a third of the peloton, less than a quarter of the peloton finishes these races. I I didn't finish my first World Cup till... (laughs) <laughs> till five years into my career or whatever do you know what I mean like yeah uh, how how you keep your the, the idea of having people just there to help you in those dark moments shit what am I doing this for you know all my friends are making money and going out partying and I'm poor right. and, and, and and my life's really rough and no one understands me and uh, and it's not on tv and what am I doing this for shit I'm not improving and just to have someone there to say yeah I know yeah. Here's yeah, how just, here's what you can do. Right. And I've been there before and it doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever and just, you know, having somebody who's gone uh, through that path and I think one of the things that happens is we have all these women coming up through the ranks and, you know, they're forging their own personal path, but if they don't have a connection to somebody like a Martina Bras on their team or through their local town or whatever, they never get the benefit of that rider's experience yeah, yeah, and hindsight. Yeah. And so you have all of these women out there who are blazing their own trails all on their own. And it's a hard, hard path. Yeah, yeah. And I don't you mean to emphasize that so much to make it a negative. It's I think it's a wonderful thing because it makes it makes the path even more fulfilling. But what we want to do is is make sure that women understand they don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. There yeah. are women out there and they can learn from their experience and their wisdom. And through that we can actually we can help each other out and we can actually, you know, kind of raise the level of the sport as well. And I think that would be a really powerful outcome that, you know, isn't necessarily a stated goal, but I think it could be a natural consequence of what we're trying to do. Oh my God. I mean, imagine there might be some of the girls, we said this about the Friends Life Women's Tour, that there might have been girls or boys standing by the side of the road who fell in love with cycling because they were there. Yes. And you might have someone who's who's you know and even if they don't become an olympian even if they actually decide to give up cycling that's okay you know what i mean even if they decide actually this is really hard and i'm not going to achieve what i want to do but i'm going to take what i learned and put it into something else you know that's that's exactly how cool is that yeah and you know people talk about okay well what's what's you know what's the point of all of this and i think there i mean there are clearly some really tangible um and amazing benefits of sport you know in in certain sports and certain countries the sport can be a pathway to an education to being able to afford an education through a scholarship Um, but I think you know the one thing that's really really universal with it is that it provides a pathway to self-realization I mean if you are going to strive to become better as an athlete it forces you to examine yourself as a human being it forces you to um, 
kind of assess your own character flaws and weaknesses with a brutal honesty <laughs> that sometimes people in other paths and walks of life don't really have to do. Yeah. But I think it's in the end, if I think it, especially if you have the guidance of a, of a role model who's been there, you can have that can actually be an incredibly profound and positive experience. Yeah. It can also be a really negative one. But that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide women with the support and mentorship to steer them in the direction of making it a really fulfilling experience. And then the benefit that stems from that is that you have these amazing athletes who are empowered through this process of self-realization. They come alive through the sport in a way. And it's people who come alive that really have the will and the inspiration to go out and be agents of positive change in the world. So even if they never you know, reach the professional level of their sport, even if they don't want to, all of the things that they take with them through their development, their personal development and personal growth through the sport are transferable to anything else that they do in life. And they're going to become, you know, again, like I said, an agent for positive change in their community, in their family, in another line of work. So it's not just a selfish endeavor of, oh, I want to go race my bike. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and better people and, and global citizens. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, is that every single rider who's good now has got someone who helps her out. Yes. I mean, well, okay, you know, there might be one or two who haven't, but there's, you know, people who are, who will, t you know, you talk, you hear every rider. I think it was again Voss saying, someone asked her, "How do you keep motivated? You've won everything." And she yeah. said, I think about all the people who came before me, and I think about all the women who are yet to come after me, and yeah. I want to. You know, I want to honour the women who went before me by making, by carrying on their work, trying to make change, and I want to make it better for the girls who are coming after me. Right. And you're like, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just, it's wonderful. And you know, she's doing this within cycling, and there are going to be women who come up through the ranks in sport and go into a different career path, and they're going to carry that that inspiration and that motivation and that empowerment with them, and and perhaps apply the same principles to investment banking or you know who knows what yeah yeah or just helping someone else out I mean everyone everyone does that you always remember your role models you always remember the person who gave you a chance like, I will always remember Helen Wyman you know the first writer who talked to me on Twitter the first person who let me interview her you know without Helen I wouldn't be here do you know what I mean it's like yeah. it's it's lovely so anyway I'm gushing <laughs> so for someone who's going, okay, well, my daughter's a cyclist or I'm a cyclist, what, what is it that you practically provide and how do they get in touch with you and stuff? Well, right now we're providing two platforms for mentorship. One is the online Q&A program, and that's mm -hmm. really basic. So anyone can submit a question on the website and your question will be answered by at least three of our mentors. What's your website uh, called? The, the website is advancingathletes.org advancingathletes.org yep easy and then to, to access the Q&A program uh, you click on mentorship programs and below that you'll see a link for Q&A and on that page you can submit a question and really we we accept and address questions of almost any nature I mean equipment issues nutrition issues mental health issues whatever it is that you you're struggling with or you need advice with you know we will have mentors respond to those questions and then what we do is we take each question and we'll post it anonymously. So when you ask a question, we'll ask for your name and email so that we can give you an email, direct email response to your question. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll post the question without your name, so anonymized, on the website with the responses. And the reason we do that is that we want um, we want everyone to be able to learn from the responses of the mentors. So what we're yeah. going to do is we're going to end up creating kind of a, a treasure trove, if you will, of wisdom in an archive of Q and A's on the website, which will, you know, which are searchable. So you can search them by category or topic. That's um, so, so cool. Right. So then if you have a question, you can go to the website, see if it's already been answered. And if not, then you can submit the question online and we'll get responses to you from our mentors. Um, and that's, that's a really straightforward kind of basic program that we run. And that's, that's the main e-mentoring platform. And then the second program we offer is a one-on-one -on -one mentorship program and that's a little bit more involved um, we do require the athlete to already have secured the services of a coach or a trainer yeah so that mainly that's to protect against people trying to get free coaching because yeah. so, so the obviously the online the, the online Q&A is free the is online the... Q&A is free and the one-on-one -on -one mentorship is also free right um, so so this is why and it's also I guess you want someone who's 
dem- so anyone can ask it. I can ask a question, you right. know. But 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 the online Q and A is is also more about. Uh, so but the mentoring is someone who's already got some commitment and level of going, and they're basically looking just for mentoring. Right, they're looking for improvement. And Although a lot of when I say that somebody needs to have a coach, I don't even necessarily mean that they necessarily have to be competing. Yeah. You know, it might be somebody who's a runner and they're trying to get into better shape and they do have a coach who's helping them get into better shape, but they don't have any interest in racing. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, I guess the other thing is, is if someone wasn't at that stage, I'm sure you'd just point them to how to get a coach. Exactly, exactly. And that's, again, you know, one of the things that we're trying to be really good about with both of these programs is being extremely respectful of our mentors' times because yeah. they are they're high-level athletes that, you know, this is their full-time job is to be an athlete and they have rigorous schedules. The the travel and the training take a lot of time and it makes for a really um, inconsistent routine, if you will. So we want to make sure that the mentors can fit these programs into their schedules easily and in a way where they can give quality feedback to the mentees. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's one of the reasons. But for the one-on-one mentorship program, we ask the athletes to fill out a profile and then we'll, we'll match them with one of the participating mentors um, according to personality. And if we can, we'll try to match them with ge- geographic location as well so that they can interact in person. But we generally try to, you know, it's based on what discipline the athlete is focused on, um, what their goals are and some, you know, what their interests are, what their, their situation in life is, if they're a student, if they're a mom. Yeah. Um, but we try to make sure that we match those with mentors so that we try to match them in a way that will give them the best chance at a long-term mentor. Right. Right. So, and, and I guess the other thing is if, if for example, I wanted Ina Yoko Teutenberg to mentor me, I can go to her and ask her directly, can't I? Do you know what I mean? On the internet. Hi, Ina. Would you mentor me? Whereas whereas this is more about you guys matching people who fit. Exactly. Because nothing stops people going directly to athletes and asking them to mentor them. It's just, well, apart from shyness and terror. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, and and we are trying to eliminate that obstacle, but we we don't... um, I mean, if somebody wanted to request a particular mentor, we would take that into consideration, but that wouldn't necessarily guarantee that we would match them with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get your, how many mentors do you, who, can you just tell us a little bit about your mentors, who they are, how you got them? Oh man, we have a lot of mentors and we have even more coming on board. So I haven't even had a chance to update the website with all of the people who, I mean, what's been amazing is since we launched, I reached out to a lot of people before the public launch because I wanted to make sure that we had, um, that we had mentors on board and that we could offer value as soon as we started to, as soon as we launched. But what's been amazing is since we launched publicly, I've had a huge outpouring from amazing athletes who want to offer their time. And again, this is all on a volunteer basis. So this just speaks to, again, like I said earlier, that these role models are not only incredible athletes, but they're just wonderful people who want nothing more than to give back to the sport. And it's just, it's awesome to be able to provide that platform for them to do that. And I mean, let's see, I, we just, we've got multiple Olympians, national champions, Pan American medalists. Um, right now, most of our mentors are from the U S but we definitely have a few from Canada, New Zealand. And this is something that for anyone who's listening, if you're interested in becoming a mentor, we want to make this international. And so one of our next steps is to try to make the, uh, website translatable into different languages. Mm-hmm. And if, you happen to be listening to this and you're worried because you happen to be from another country and you're not confident in your English, um, we still want you involved and we can submit questions to you in your native language and then do the translations and double check them with you. And we could also work on pairing, um, you know, women athletes, aspiring women athletes with mentors according to their country as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Something we want to move towards. What I love, I always admire your approach and I apologize I'm gushing again because I think it makes it makes perfect sense to start small and get bigger right. you know if you'd have started off going yeah we're international covering every country and every sport <laughs> then you fail right but starting off going yeah we're American and have some international stuff and we're and building it because that's the other thing is I can imagine that there are people who you might have got in touch with and they might have not really understood it and then they might have seen an interesting question on your site that they've maybe seen referenced on Twitter and gone, oh, I could do that. Right. Right. Like, like, like this is this is this is what I think is so 
you know, and, 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 and I think the other thing, the benefit of having like hundreds of, you know, not hundreds, but lots and lots of different different people is, say, for example, someone comes in and worlds with an answer. OK, well, that's a huge proportion of, of cyclists gone. But here's a load of other people who can answer. And maybe we can come back to it later after worlds or something. It's 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 you know, it's, it's it makes me happy. And yeah, and, you know, and, it, and it's fantastic that you have the names, too. But it's also, you know, it's also like sometimes, you know, there's going to be people who I don't know, say I ask a question. I'm a short rider, five foot. You know, what? how do I get a bike? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can actually, because you're in the peloton, you can go, actually, you know, maybe maybe Emma Pooley can answer that. Maybe I'll ask her. Right, exactly. And that was, you know, some, what's been really cool is everybody that I reached out to and asked, um, you know, would you be interested in mentoring? 100%. 100% of people that I reached out to wow. so far said yes, which is fantastic. And I know that's not going to continue to be the case, but I'm pretty blown away by that as it is. And um, actually, when I got the question from the athlete asking about depression I reached out to Ina because I, I had seen some of her articles that she wrote as part of um, joining Clara on Clara's Big Ride in Canada mm. and um, immediately she was she was 100% on board wanted to you know she, she definitely wanted to reach out and help this athlete and again it just speaks to again these women they're just amazing people you know it's not just that they're incredible athletes but they are they just have big hearts and they love the sport and and they want to help they want to help other yeah, people yeah, yeah. it's wonderful and, and everyone's had a shit time you know yes, exactly. no one who just you know the only people who bounce from win to win to win to win to win are the male dopers <laughs> like 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 this is this is the thing as well is like is is it's is it's all kind of how you can't uh, it's just it's just great to see you know people what people remember that they remember their own poor negative times and you know so some people so Chloe Hosking is another writer I like because she's very honest on her blog mm-hmm. you know about how she handled the you know she handled doing it badly at the Olympics wrong by going out and partying a lot now again yeah. that's a very brave thing to say yeah. because because she's you know because that you could you can have a hundred teams who go no no fuck you you're a risk yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's nice to know that it's just good. To, the more that people speak about this stuff, the more you can almost stop it happening in the future. Right. And I think that one of the things, at least if this is the case for me, and I'd like to imagine that it is for some of the other mentors, is when you've gone through a really dark time, part of the healing process is feeling like there was some purpose to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not only... And what, you know, you have the purpose of like, okay, yeah, you learned something about yourself and you learned, you know, you got yourself out of it and blah, blah, blah. But if you can turn around and help someone else because you've been through that dark time and that that not not only provides value to you and your growth as a person, but also to somebody else, it's just, it's, it's huge. And it it can take some of the weight off from those really crummy times. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing that I like about it is it's in a way of enabling... There's, there aren't that many ways for women to stay in the sport after they leave. Right. So, for example, if you're a man cyclist, a man cyclist, and you're for a big team, okay, well, I want to DS. Well, I can get a job as an assistant DS, and then I can... You know, maybe maybe USA or British Cycling will hire me to DS the women for them. Right. That's my first job at the Olympics. Right. <laughs> um you know, or you know, actually, maybe I, maybe they'll pull me in and do a little bit of PR work with them, and I'll turn out to be quite good at this, so I'll carry on doing it for them. Do you know what I mean? And especially yeah. because a lot of women leave the sport to have kids. Yeah, there aren't there aren't like that many. You know, there aren't that many ways. There aren't that many routes for women to stay around in the sport. And it's, it's a real shame because a lot of the women who who do leave the sport, um, they have the most incredible experiences, and they have learned some very powerful lessons and if there isn't a platform or a way for them to share that it's lost yeah 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 and, and I and I love that and I mean you've been injured this year as well mm-hmm. it would be very very and you were injured last year and it would be very were you injured or you had overtrained uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be very easy for you to go actually fuck this fuck cycling fuck it all you know you've got a masters there's all sorts of things you could be doing it's just it, it it it's for me that's really lovely the fact that you've gone I'm having a shitty you know I've been having a shitty time oh how can I make things better for other people 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's just yeah. that's just that's just fantastic. And you know, I think that's that's and providing a platform for other people to do that too. That you know, I've loved cycling. Now I'm a mom. I've loved cycling. Now I'm now I'm working a minimum wage job. Oh holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to admit that there's there is some selfishness associated with that because it makes me feel better. You know, it makes like I was saying before, if you're going through a really shitty time, like it's nice to know that you can actually help somebody because of that. And and so there's definitely a little bit of selfishness to to this as well, but um, it does make me feel better to know that, you know, people can learn from my lessons and my experiences, and, and I think it's probably the same for a lot of the mentors who are involved. And, um, yeah, I, I, the feedback so far has been really powerful, especially um, I didn't expect to get such a deep question right off the bat as, as the, the question about depression. But what's also been pretty cool is I've had a lot of male athletes reach out and thank me for posting that. And yeah. that was something that, you know, I, I approached this as I really want this to be a mentorship program for women athletes and females and girls. And we want to focus on like women helping women. And that's definitely our focus. But what's actually turned out to be a very cool side effect is it's also a platform for men to look up to female role models. Yes, yes, completely. And that's, that's really, because once you're putting it online, it doesn't matter who the question, who the answer's for. Right. You, anyone can access that. And I think it's right. great. I think it's absolutely really important for women to help. You know, there's this pressure, isn't there, for women sometimes. Oh, women, you should also do these things for men. Yeah. <laughs> weren't you doing this for us too you know well here's how I did it you can do it yourself right exactly and you know for you know we we do focus on e-mentoring for women but um you know if a guy happens to get on the website and check out the, the q's and a's that are posted on the website and they can glean wisdom from it and they can you know look up to these olympians I mean there are definitely aspiring male athletes out there and I think for some of the, the male athletes too some there are even more taboos for yeah, them yeah, 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 yeah. than there are for the women. And so for them to be able to hear advice and suggestions and support from women who are maybe better at talking about the emotional side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, it's and really in, powerful. And in the same way as, you know, I might be a rugby player or a soccer player or something and look at it and it's okay. It's not about, I don't you know, the question about wheel size, who cares? You know what I mean? Right. But, but, but this question about nutrition or keeping focus and stuff, I mean, how the thing I worry about this, Amber, is is it seems to have been of this nice big bubble. How are you? How are you keeping on top of it? Because <laughs> the other risk is that you know you get inundated with people, you know, with with people from the best will in the world from both sides, you know, mentors and mentees. How do you? How do you? How are you keeping on top of it? Well, the strategy is just to grow slowly and responsibly, and that's that's been the strategy I've taken from the start. We definitely want to continue to grow, and we definitely want to continue to expand, but I'm very conscientious of the fact that, you know, biting off, th this has to be something that's sustainable, and so biting off more than we can chew, like you were saying before, I mean, it would just, it's it's easy for this whole thing to come crashing down, and I'm very, very protective of that. Um, so the way we actually got started was we did a very, very small-scale pilot program last fall, and we just I just got some volunteer mentors and matched them with some collegiate level and junior level athletes. And so the first step we took was testing the question of whether this is even valuable. You know, yes. is this is this providing real value? And then if it is providing real value, is there some other avenue um, from which an athlete can gain this value? Like, are we just reinventing the wheel here? And the pilot program helped us answer both questions and it was indeed it was providing a valuable service and indeed it would be hard for these athletes to get the same kind of value elsewhere so we established that there was a need and then um, when I reached out again like so so far I'm running the program pretty much single-handedly by hand <laughs> um, but I do have wonderful wonderful people around me who are willing and supportive and will want to and do want to help so um, as far as like for the Q and A platform is pretty easy because that's something that I can do from anywhere with an internet connection, yeah. um, and that's also something that the, the mentors can contribute to from anywhere with an internet connection. The one-on-one -on -one mentorship program is a little bit trickier because um, we are limited in the number of mentors who are participating in that program, and we also want to be very conscientious about limiting how many mentees we assign to a particular yeah. mentor yeah. because we need yeah. to we need to make sure that those communications and interactions are of high quality yeah. and that we're not taxing the mentor's time too much. So and also managing expectations. 
Exactly. You can, you can really piss people off. The way to piss people off is by setting yourself up going, we're going to provide the moon. <laughs> yeah. And then, not, and then you know, we're going to be the best thing you've ever seen and it's going to be brilliant. We're going to do this and this and this and this and this and this. Give us, you know, give us $100,000. And then <laughs> nothing. Right. So that's that's our big goal. And that, that was um, really important to me that by the time we launched, that the, from the moment we launched, we were providing valuable service and that, that has a meaningful impact. And that's what we want to continue to focus on. So our main focus as we, as we grow in the short term is, to, is basically the goal is to start is just to provide consistent, valuable, meaningful content. And yeah. then, you know, and this is unfortunately going to mean that probably in the short term as we have more people apply for the one-on-one -on -one mentorship program that I might have to turn people away. Um, but what the other aspect of what we want to do is we want to be a central hub for information. So like if an athlete, you know, writes in and maybe we don't have an available mentor for them, we can at least point them, be a resource and point them to um, other resources that might be near them geographically. Yeah. So, yeah. so to, and that's the resources page on the website, which right now is under construction. Um, but that's going to be kind of a living page where we'll continually be adding to it and we're going to be... We're going to be really selective about curating the content on that page because there are plenty of programs out there that that claim to support you know developing athletes and blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's not always the case, unfortunately. So we want to make sure that the resources that we're pointing people to are genuinely going to support the most positive possible experience for those athletes because that's that's the big thing for me is sport is beautiful and I have fallen in love with sport twice in my life: once as a swimmer, once as a cyclist. And unfortunately, you also see this horrifically dark side to it. Yeah. And it can be negative and it can chew people up and spit them out. Um, but it's not necessary. That doesn't have to happen. And I really, really, that's our whole goal is to help steer people away from that and towards towards the light. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, positive I, side of it. I, I mean, I wanted to ask you a question about that, actually. I mean, this week, the news that's really annoyed me is about Farron, Estado de Mexico Farron, who have taken money from the Mexican government and apparently, allegedly, according to a uh, Mexican cycling site, haven't paid the Mexican riders since January and have treated them really badly. Yeah. I mean, and and one of the things that I've, I've you know, I mean, I hear this, people tell me things off the record um, and things that other people have told them and stuff about, you know, teams that treat them shitly and, and people go, well, why aren't people speaking up more? And the answer is, well, you know, if I speak up, I'll be seen as difficult. You well, know? not only that, but first of all, you'll be seen as difficult, which, you know, makes your life harder. And second of all, um, what what's going to happen? You know, how if you speak up publicly, is, is it going to change? What's the mechanism for change? Yeah. And how do you enforce that? And, and so, you know, if, if, if somebody's not paying your salary and you go and you make a fuss about it, then your life is going to be a lot more difficult. And there's no guarantee that speaking up about it publicly is going to change anything. Well, this is the thing. I mean, there's the writer I remember most who a couple of, I think 2012, had went to the UCI to complain that she hadn't been paid her salary. And the team basically sacked her, took away her bike, yep. and wouldn't let her go to rides. And, you know, she was lucky because she there was a national team that was, you know, there was a national team who supported her and she had and and her network supported her and another team provided her with a bike and, and la la la. And it all ended happily, you know, well, relatively happily. But right. that's like that's like that's such a cautionary tale. And it happens so often, you know, when Nicole Cook has to take four different teams to court. Or, you know, when Nicole Cook speaks out about British cycling and British cycling go on a press rampage against her or Emma Pooley or something and these are world champions do you know what I mean like exactly. or, or last year at Giro Toscana where when Elisa Longo Borghini was really really pressured both in the race and then threatened with prosecution and libel by the race organizers for complaining about the most egregious yeah I mean like yeah oh my god you know and they weren't you know it's funny they weren't going after Voss wasn't it yeah <laughs> Go, you know, or Emma Johansson. <laughs> Try well, that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an incredibly frustrating thing, and that's one of the things. I mean, there are certainly many ways of, of going at trying to solve this issue, and I think that a, a relatively neutral body like the UCI would be a great start for that to provide, you know, either um, 
pro bono legal advice or a counselor or some kind of a, I don't know, some mechanism where athletes can feel like, you know, if something is really going wrong, that they have somebody to talk to and that there might be some recourse. But one of the things, you know, that I'm looking at from the perspective of the Network for Advancing Athletes is one way to combat that is to help empower athletes to understand what is and isn't acceptable. Yes, you know? yes, because, so yes, if, if you're, you're having a exactly. So if you're talking to your mentor and you're confiding in your mentor about, you know, how how negative the team situation is or what your director said to you that's made you feel like, you know, a total piece of shit and you don't even want to be involved in the sport anymore. Yes. You know, to have a mentor there to say, hey, that's not appropriate, you know, some you know you don't need to listen to that. You know, even if this athlete doesn't go to the director or go speak out publicly about it, to have someone there to tell them that, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have to buy into what was said. You don't have yeah. to believe that about yourself just because some jerk face decided that they yeah. were having a bad day and wanted to take it out on you. Yeah. Also, and in addition to that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, well, someone's telling you to lose weight. That's the classic yes. thing, isn't it? Like, I think it was... Um... Oh, I can't remember her name. Um, she's an Australian athlete. She was um out uh, very open about her bulimia, um, and she was and she Grace Salzberger, and it hit her because her coach told her she had to lose a load of pounds and she was looking fat. Yeah, and it spirals into hideous bulimia and stuff like that. And and you know you 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 especially for things where girls are already paranoid like you know I mean Carmen Small talking about turning up at races and being asked to make lunch for the team's men team staff and do their washing right right I mean these are it's not even just in pro cycling I mean I had a couple of really negative experiences when I was in college and I look back on that and I I don't I don't want any athlete to have to go through that I you know and if I can if I can empower them to either assert themselves or at least you know even if not assert themselves at least allow those kinds of comments to roll off, you know, and not internalize them and, and have somebody there to, um, tell them, you know, that, that this isn't, this isn't the reality. And then it just, it makes me crazy when I, when I hear about athletes who, you know, who lose their love for sport because somebody said something that was totally inappropriate and not realistic and possibly not even true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we that, want to be that voice that argues against it, and we want to be the voice that, again, keeps the athletes coming back to a positive state of mind. Yeah, yeah. So even if you leave, even if you leave, you leave positively. So, I mean, again, like Emma Pooley, like, she could have left. There's so many things that could have made Emma bitter. You know, she's a climber and a time trialist. There's maybe three long time trials on the UCI calendar this year, and there's maybe two climbing races. Marvellous! You know, she could have left bitterly, but she's left positively, strongly to go and be in triathlon. Right. And like I said before, you know, for most women, the goal of their involvement in sport is not necessarily to become a world champion. For most people, it's just this process of self-improvement and a striving for excellence at whatever level it is that you choose to participate. And again, we want to equip women with a really positive experience that's empowering that will then empower them to go on and be an agent for positive change and whatever it is that they happen to do beyond the sport. Yeah, yeah. And also not be broken by it. I mean, I think that's exactly. the other thing, isn't it? It's like, it's like, it's sad. It's really, really depressing, but not be broken by it. Is, yeah. Is, 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 is like a baseline, isn't it? It's, it should be, it should be just taken as red, but actually, you know, when you've got riders who quit when they're 22, you know, or, or, or 19 or whatever, you know what I mean? I've had a, you know, I've had a really awful time and it broke me and I've left and now I'm, now I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of that is just this mis- misunderstanding or this perception that what your struggles are, what your challenges are, what you're going through, you know, means that you're not good enough or you should just give up or whatever. Yeah. And to have somebody who has enough perspective and authority to say, hey, that's normal and it's okay and here's how you can manage it in a positive way, in a constructive way, you know, I think that's that's the part where we can kind of step in and the other way that we can help through the mentorship is to just arm women with good information so if somebody's considering signing with a team maybe they through their mentor can connect with somebody who's actually raced for that yeah 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 so you're not on the team that's you know oh i've heard rumors about this team not paying riders for four years in a row (laughs) oh at least if you have the inside perspective 
you're you're empowered to make an educated decision. Yes, and and also I think I mean especially for people who are domestique level or you know you know that you're one of a hundred riders who are just as good. And that rider over there can afford to ride for free because, you know, she's in a luckier position than you for whatever reason. And, oh, my God, I've got to put up with this shit because I'll never get to ride again. Right. And it's empowering people to say, actually, you know what? There are other things I can do. Maybe I step back and do a year domestically. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I focus on time trials. Maybe I, you know what I mean? Maybe exactly. I maybe I just do something else. This is, this is what I can do. And so you don't feel in that kind of completely panicked all or nothing trap. Right. Oh, so how are you funding this? How are you funding your time and stuff? Well, um, so far I've been paying for all of our costs out of pocket. But yeah, I was going to say, Amber, I'm not, I, I, the last thing I can imagine you doing is making money out of this. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not making money. Um, but what the beauty of it is that it's all on a volunteer basis. So I'm happy, you know, it, at least for now, um, being able to put this together and run the programs because it is it is incredibly fulfilling to know that we're able to help so many athletes. And that's why all of our mentors are involved too. And our mentors, again, I can't say enough wonderful things about them. I mean, these are incredible athletes and they're volunteering their time. And these are women who have very, very little time to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and yet they choose to do this because it's so it's important to them to give back and to help others. And it's really, I, I have to give all the credit to the mentors because obviously this would be nothing if we didn't have any mentors. And for them to be willing to volunteer their time for this is just, it leaves me speechless. I'm, I'm so grateful and I know that I'm not the only one. I know that all of the countless athletes that will be able to help through this program are the ones that are gonna be even more grateful. <laughs> But, but say someone's listening to this and thinking, hey, this is a really good thing. I want to support it. They can donate to you, right? You're a not-for-profit status. Yes. yes. So we are um, We are approved by the U.S. Uh, Internal Revenue Service as a not-for-profit program. Uh, we are categorized, categorized as 501c3, which means that we're a public charity. And that also means that you all of your donations to uh, Network for Advancing Athletes are tax-deductible. Um, if you're in the states, I'm not sure how that works. If you're in another country, but <laughs> I don't think we don't. I don't think we do tax deductible in the same way. Yeah, probably not. But, but at any rate, anybody, if they want to, can donate um, on the website. There's a button that says donate, and it's just a PayPal transaction. So you can do it either with your PayPal account or with a credit card. And and if and if someone did donate money, what would it go to? Well. Right now, we have very little overhead, and we're going to try to keep it that way. But, for example, I'm paying to host our website on WordPress, um, and I'm paying to, you know, for the registration of the domain name, um, paying for images for the website. So one of the things we're really careful about is making sure that we're only using royalty-free images. And right now, I'm using stock photography to keep costs low. But in the future, what I'd really like to do is be able to support some of the wonderful photographers who take the time to go out and cover women's athletics and uh, I'd love to be able to pay them for their images and support their work because their work supports all of our mentors and all the sports that we're trying to support as well. Mm -hmm. So um, really all of the donations will go 100% to very basic necessary costs. And And, and actually if you end up getting paid two days a week to do this, I don't think anyone would mind. It's a bloody good (laughs) service and it's free. Do you know what I mean? You should be, you know, that, that's the ideal, that's the ideal thing is that, is, is it just like with athletes, you know, you should be also, you know, or maybe you pay someone else to, to, to work on it for you. Right. Eventually, we'd like to grow to the point where we can have a small staff, um, including yeah. a web programmer, so that one of the things right now is there's certainly a way that we can automate some of the website, which is which I'm still handling manually, um, and that will be one of our kind of further down the road growth steps. But like I said, we're really, really focused on growing slowly and responsibly. So the main focus right now is providing consistent content that's of value, growing our audience, um, and then, of course, once once we do grow an audience and we can demonstrate, you know, that uh, consistent value, um, we could also approach different companies and corporate sponsors yeah. who might be willing to come on board as well. So, yeah. or crowdfund for something, or crowdfund for something. You know, say for example, you have a load of people at Redlands. Come to Redlands. We'll fund you to have this day, or something right. like that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and I mean, uh, just a couple more questions. I mean, have there been any questions that you've what what you know you obviously see these questions i'm not asking you to betray confidence or talk about you know secret stuff but is there 
you know, what, what kind of things have surprised you about what people want to know? Or touched you or made you feel happy? <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> kind of an open-ended question. No, um, I find what, what surprised me a little bit was I, I think when I started, I had this naive idea that people would be looking for um, really practical advice, you know, how to pace a time trial, how do I become a better climber, things like that. But what struck me is the most common questions we get are more related to the sports psychology and the emotional side of, of managing, you know, managing life balance as much as I hate that term. <laughs> um, but you know, how, how do you fit everything in and how do you manage it emotionally and mentally? And it's, it's that side of it, I think where our mentors can really shine because, um, again, we posted a quote from the NAA Twitter account a couple days ago, and it's a wonderful quote, but it says, the two most powerful words when you're in struggle are, me too. And just knowing that other people are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with or have struggled with them, um, I didn't quite realize how powerful that was going to be. And that's just been the theme that comes up over and over and over again. Because when you're going through a dark time, the hallmark of it is that you just feel so alone and you really do feel like you're the only person in the world who's ever had to face this and no one else is going to understand. And then it's like one person saying, oh yeah, I've been there is just this massive ray of light that shines through. And, um, I really think that that's honestly, as we move forward, that's going to be kind of a crux of, of how we do help people. And I didn't expect that. I really thought that it was going to be more like, okay, we're going to, you know, tell people how to race bikes or tell people how to pace a run or talk about swim technique. And it's really so much more about the internal struggles. And again, that goes back to the universal struggles that we all face as athletes at any level. And again, at any age. I mean, and, and has it shown, I mean, apart from the emotional health, the emotional health side of it, are there any more gaps that you've been surprised by that, that, that you realize actually hang on in two years time, this is what I'm really going to have to fill. <laughs> um, Nothing in particular that's come up yet, but I think, you know, just as a natural extension of being able to empower athletes to, um, you know, not only stand up for themselves in within a, you know, perhaps within a negative situation, for example, but also to learn how to give themselves the support that they need, um, you know, regardless of team situation, regardless of, you know, how the particular season is going. And um, where am I going with this? <laughs> I think, <laughs> What I mean to say is I think, again, that there will be some interesting and positive unintended consequences of that. And I don't know what all of those are going to be, but I do know that, you know, steering a lot of athletes off from potentially negative and destructive paths and onto positive, fulfilling um, and, and joyful paths, is, it's got to it's gotta do something good and it's got to do something more than just for those individuals. I think, you know, hopefully we'll see some... Like I said, one of the things that's really dear to me about this program is we do take the philosophical approach that competition is actually a form of cooperation. Yeah. And this is on our page about the philosophy. And this is kind of hard sometimes, I think, for women to wrap their heads around you know, being competitive because you don't want to come across as a bitch and sometimes you're yeah. competing against your friends. And you, know, and how you have to be very like... selfish and you have to right. put yourself before your boyfriend or your family or your friends and they might not understand Exactly. And this is where I think we can, you know, we can help a lot. And this is where I think it can translate into other things is that when you're competing against somebody, first of all, we all know that when we're in competition, that's when we perform our best. You never perform your best in training. It's always in competition. So right away, your competitor is doing, your fa doing you a favor by bringing out the best in you as an athlete. And then furthermore, when you're at your peak performance, that's where you where your strengths and weaknesses become most apparent. So you're actually learning what it is that you have to do to come back as a better competitor, as a better athlete. And so in a way, your competitors are constantly teaching you how to become better. And in that sense, you can look at it like you're actually helping each other towards yeah. excellence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like Spec Lulu this year. Everyone else, Orica, Bowles, Rabo, up 13 time trial. And Spec yes. Lulu just got better. And yes. that means that those other people are going to go away and try and get better and it's going to become a better sport and it's going to become more exciting and it's it's going to get people, you know, it's not that they've won every year, it's that everyone else is working hard and they've worked harder. 
<laughs> well, not harder. They've had they had a head start, but you know what I mean, like. Exactly, and I feel really strongly about this. If I say something to a competitor and it helps them become a better athlete, to me that's a wonderful thing because what does that do? It sets the standard higher for me, and I have yeah. to up my game too. And that's the whole point. And then the other, the flip side of this, or I guess related to this, is you mentioned this idea of, of struggling with the idea of this being very selfish, and I think um, that's a really important thing too, especially for women. And the way I've started to look at it over the past few years is um, we think of selflessness as, as giving, you know, giving money, giving time, giving attention. Um, selflessness is all about giving. And we definitely as a society value that very deeply. But one of the things that we forget is if you're going to value the act of giving, you also have to value investing in your capacity to give. Yep. If you're out there giving, 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 and, you know, it's at the expense of your health and your well-being, then at some point your capacity to give diminishes and all that giving, I mean, what's, what's it worth in the long run if it's not sustainable? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if being in a, support, in a sport and investing in yourself as an athlete and, and finding a path of joy in you know, swimming, cycling, running, whatever it might be, um, if that makes you come alive as a human being, that enhances your capacity to give and your capacity to be selfless. So in the end, it's not just a selfish endeavor. And I think yeah. people forget about that aspect of it. You have to invest in yourself and your capacity to give in order to be a selfless person in the first place. Yeah, and also, and also it's like there are some very strict ideas of how you're supposed to give, aren't they? So, for example, you know, we don't, we're not all good enough. We're not all the type of person to go down to the soup kitchen. Right. But someone, someone, you know, someone goes down the soup kitchen and someone else writes to their MP or to their senator or whatever and a congressman and says, hey, you know, and makes change. Do you know what I mean? And someone else just fills in a petition or passes it on to someone else. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like all of those things, you need everything. And I think sometimes that we can forget that too, that people should, you know, it's, 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 it's do what you love, but also use your skills. Yeah. <laughs> if this is exactly. what you're good at, you know, don't it, try and be something else and don't try and deny it. Exactly. And, and there are, you know, there are conventional paths and then there are like wildly exotic paths that nobody, you know, nobody's ever done before. And, and that's actually one of the things I really like about, you know, being an athlete is I go into to speak to a school, for example, and it's a classroom full of, you know, young kids, maybe middle school age. And the first thing I get asked is, you know, one of the girls sticks her hand in the air and says, I didn't know girls could do this. Yeah. And even if nobody in that classroom ever aspires to race a bike ever, I hope that the one thing they take away from my presence there is is just the knowledge or the realization that there are tons of different crazy wild paths that you can take in life that you might not even be aware of yet yeah 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 okay. I, I, I talk about this with graffiti in my hometown bristol has got it's our two of our homegrown cultures of graffiti and hip-hop mm -hmm. and like these are things that kind of came from you know a lot of this is like people who came from you know poor the kind of these poor uh you know kind of very difficult, deprived area backgrounds who didn't think they'd ever be able to get out, who would never be able to call themselves an artist, and who, through something like graffiti, you know, now kids are seeing their graffiti and seeing that they can have a career in art. Yeah. You know, you know lads, lads thinking that they can have a career in art or whatever. You know what I mean? That's the thing that's so exciting. Like, you know, you if, if, if I can race bikes, well, I can do something else. You know, I grew up being taken to athletics because we live very near Crystal Palace, and our school used to get free tickets. And, you know, I'm not, a, I, and I used to run myself, but, you know, I knew that, oh my God, look at all these different things you can do. Look at yeah. this, this range of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of coming, to, you know, coming together. We can all do this. Exactly. Oh, happiness. <laughs> so I, I need to let you go, but I could talk to you for hours. So hopefully we can come back and you, you come back again and, and tell us in, you know, six months or a year how it's going. Um, if people want to reach reach the project, the network for advancing athletes, it's it's advancingathletes.org. Exactly. It's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's it on Twitter? On Twitter, it's at NAA underscore org. So NAA underscore ORG. So that's NAA for Network for Advancing Athletes. You're on Facebook? We are on Facebook and it's Facebook.com slash N-A-A-O-R-G, no underscore. Excellent. So um, if people, they can just come on, they can like your posts, they can re retweet your tweets, they can just bung a like on Facebook, and all of that helps. And exactly. Especially if 
anyone knows any young, you know, young develop, young slash developing slash old slash new athletes who want help to just point them your way and if anyone knows any athletes who'd like to get involved they can do anything from being a mentor through to just answering a one-off question exactly exactly and the more people we can get involved the better and again you know the as the social media sharing is more powerful than you might think again our goal is to reach as many athletes as we can so the more athletes that know about this the better so if you can invite your friends to like our page on Facebook, give us a pound FF on Fridays um, to try to get your friends to follow us. Basically, it's, it's, it's less about the social media and more about trying to get as many aspiring athletes. Again, when, when I say athlete, I'm referring to anyone, anywhere, you know, our focus is on female athletes, but anyone, anywhere who's um, participating in a sport-like activity. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to race. You don't have to compete in order to participate in our programs. Um, we just want to be a community of women who are helping other women find the most positive experience they can in whatever sport it is they're they're um, taking part in. Yeah, and so if you're a guy, for example, if you know you can read one of the questions, you can actually that's a really good question. You've got buttons on every page so they can tweet about it, can't they? Exactly. 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 Ah, oh, it's amazing. Well. Really good luck. Good luck. Thank and you very much. I'm so Appreciate excited. So, so excited. And uh, massive you. good luck. And let's talk again. Fantastic. Thank you, Sarah.